Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering Season 5, Episode 10, Rick Mirai Jack. Here's Aaron with the recap. Humbled by his newfound crow partners, Rick returns slightly chastened to Morty and the Smith family. Morty's put on about 50 pounds in 26 years, so they're off for a quick in-and-out adventure to the Citadel to de-age Morty and get back to easy, basic adventuring. But things are never that simple on the Citadel. Evil Morty makes his return appearance to deal out some harsh truths and seemingly newly minted canon before revealing his dastardly plan, the destruction of the central finite curve. All right, Aaron, it's the season finale. How'd you think it ended? I mean... Like I said last episode, I I love the Monster of the Week episodes, but you do get up a little bit bright and earlier for in the morning for a good old canon episode, and uh, yeah. this was great. I am I, I'm I'm glad that they take so long in between these installments because every single time they come, it's like bigger and better than before. Like, how do they pay off? What is it even? What's a Morty look like that can stand toe to toe with Rick? How does he talk? How does he act? And like, this is just really like, this is as good a villain speeches as anything I've ever seen. And like die hard, you know, uh, it, it's, it's just really good. It's it expands the canon. It confirms a lot of stuff we already knew, but gets a little bit more like, like Morty learning the truth at the same time we did is extra poignant because, you know, it humanizes Rick. Um, mm-hmm. but there's also just so many implications. Uh, I, yeah, my mind was blown. I thought it was a pretty funny episode too. Um, but this episode goes pretty deep, um, and hits pretty hard on an emotional level. What'd you think? Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Um, I do like, you know, interdimensional cables and I do like, uh, Jurassic park, homeless man exploding over the earth or whatever. Uh, I like all that stuff, but Damn it, I also like canon stuff and the serialized television. This is this is good. It, it, probably the biggest laugh I got out of these last two episodes was when Morty shows up looking 40 <laughs> and just like yeah. the, his his particular depiction of 40. I'm like, this is not what 40 has to be, but this is the 40 that Morty has chosen. And I don't know if that's like to trigger some kind of sympathy in Rick or what? I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why he chooses this particular depiction, but it it was hilarious. I loved it. Um, Especially when we see potential Morty at 26, who is right? a fine strapping lad. Yeah, like, looking good. But then again, as, as being a, you know, reasonably fit 26, 27 year old to yeah. kind of decrepit 40s myself, uh, it, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, I'm about to to pass over that mark myself. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen to me overnight. Is this just forty? Because oh yeah, is, you're just hair, just beer gut. No, it, you're damn. right. It's not. It's not inevitable. But uh, not. and that's the question. Is like was obviously Morty's juicing this for maximum psychological impact. You yeah, know, he said this is a this is a naked attempt to manipulate him. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that you can take as canon. But yeah, woof. Oof. And then the the central finite curve stuff that they do, I think we had like correctly deduced sort of what the central finite curve meant, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, a subset of the rest of infinity, which itself is also infinite. 
you can't forget mm-hmm. that part of it. Yep. Um, but the way that they sort of use that as like a stand in for, or n- not a stand in, but they, they make it part of the way that Rick controls Morty. Right. And, and this metaphor of him like breaking out past the central finite curve is him removing himself from the influence of Rick. Uh, and I think last episode or was it earlier this episode you asked about, um, cause we're recording these back to back. You asked about like, what does a Morty who can stand up to Rick look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's this Morty. It's the, it's the guy who just is over his shit, right? Like, that's the Morty that can stand up to Rick. And that was super interesting to see. It's, it's not evil Morty. It's just a, a Morty who's had enough and is, is getting out of this pattern. And th- they represent it physically by him escaping the central finite curve. Yeah, it's incredible. His line to Morty, it's like, you know, that's why I'm evil. Cause I just want, I just want out. And, uh, and in the I'm universe that is constructed to service Rick, that is considered evil, right? Like it's, yeah, it, I I like that stuff. Yeah, we got because we talked we talked some of these implications through earlier in the ep, uh, the season about like you know we started talking about what is canon in the show and you know, I I had this theory of like you know this our Rick might be like like there's broadly speaking two Ricks in the Infinity. There's the type of the Rick that didn't leave their wife mm-hmm. uh, to join the cosmic spanning Rager that is the the Ricks. Uh, control of the universe and they're the ricks that did you know um and we also thought that central finite curve was that slice of infinity where ricks develop and you know summers and mortys develop and things like that Mm -hmm. and we were really close to being right on both of those cases um but in each case we're we just didn't go far enough right that the central finite curve is where the set the sum of the infinite universes where rick is the smartest man in the universe Mm -hmm. Uh, which I got an asterisk I want to talk about here in a minute. Um, and that possibly only one Rick ever, the Rickest Rick, actually chose to stay with his children. Or maybe the other Rick, or because it's so hmm. rare that like the uh, only other Rick we know in the canon that chose to stay and, and live with his uh, uh, Beth was captured by the Siddle of Ricks and, and, and squeezed for his adrenal daughter juice. Yeah. Uh, like... It's pretty fucked up that we like it and, and it, it definitely cast um, Rick in kind of a heroic role like everything was taken from him and he takes his planet sized brain and gets vengeance on the universe and then tries to settle down with a Beth but that because of the other Ricks hates him and mistrusts him and mm-hmm. you know it's like he's trying to do the best in a fucking dysfunctional broken system it seems like. Um, yeah but in in the process of doing that is also uh perpetuating the oh, yeah. the b- b- dysfunction and abuse of that relationship right on yeah, morty because baseline he's an al- he's he's an alcoholic and has various other substance abuse problems and that's that's a nightmare just on top of all the other trauma but you know like i i think it's like a lot of people debated about whether Rick is a narcissist or not. I don't know that that is true or that I buy it anymore. I feel it's like a he's question. just a very deeply traumatized person. He's like a, yeah. a combat vet that's been through every atrocity imaginable and he's just desensitized to it all. So um, I wanted to ask you like in in that context, in like the uh, context of Rick being a narcissist, is that the case or is that 
did he create the central finite curve because he's a narcissist who wants to have like all of the smartest bricks, uh, you know, every universe where the Rick is the smartest being collected into one place that he can inhabit. Or is he simply looking for uh, revenge, you know, um, on, on that Rick. And so that's the utility of it. It's well, if he can create a universe where all of the smartest Ricks are gathered, he can more easily find the Rick that must've killed his uh, wife and, and daughter potentially. That sounds like a fantastic bridge into the main discussion part of the episode, which we'll get to right after this short break. All right. So you were asking before we took the break about like the nature of the finite curve and what does it actually mean? And I guess what I got from this episode is that Rick's one man war, since he is the Rickest Rick, like Mm -hmm. he's undisputed. He's the most powerful, smartest, uh, godlike Rick of them all. Um his rampage, one man rampage caused it reminded me of the scene of like uh, in the Anna. Uh, what is the, what is the uh, the anime version of the Matrix, the Animatrix, mm-hmm. um, where the machines like s- didn't start the war, but they damn well finished it and uh-huh. brought humanity to its knees uh, that I think you're supposed to understand that, like the Citadel is the Matrix that Rick is constructed to keep the fucking psychotic Ricks to hell away from him and busy with their own shit. Yeah. Um, it's like literally he's built a prison for them because they're all just doing menial jobs and they're all trying to dominate each other. And it, it, it protects him. Cause he, at the end, like I, I thought that was such a great storytelling the way they use the flashback sequence where like at the end, he stops hunting down the Ricks and he just waits for them to come to him. And he's just sitting there drinking his bomb, that garage, just plugging them as they're coming through the portal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it saves Rick because Rick after he, I guess, gave up his one man war against the Ricks because like, what does it even look like when there's a, you're hunting an infinite Ricks? Um, <laughs> right. And then decided like, you know what? I'm tired of fighting. I want to try to rebuild some semblance of my life. And he crashes into this Beth's this, this universe's Beth's garage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's the other fascinating thing. It's like, there's, I guess a lot more canon to explore, but that that's how I, that's yeah. how I got it. That like this was Rick is the almighty impotent God and he's created a pr- like. Um, I, I think that's what you, I got from evil Morty. He even says it. it's like this is the word, the an infinite uh, baby pin constructed around an infinite baby. And the only thing I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm pushing against is like, I don't think that actually describes our Rick. Well, I think that's the thing. There, be... There's only one Rick in the central finite curve, right? That, that's the point that I think evil, quote unquote, evil Morty is trying to make here is that there aren't an infinite number of Ricks. There's one fucking Rick and he's an abuser and he's torturing you and he's using you. That is the one Rick. There are an infinite number, infinite number of a single shit stain everywhere. Right. But the shit stains are all the same. Yes, um, but so but, but I don't know if that's literally true because I think it's a metaphoric thing. It's like these aren't like, you know, like all, he, that's his way of saying all Ricks are the same because they built this finite curve around it. Exactly. But I think the, yeah. the one thing that Evil Morty doesn't understand is that Rick is you our Rick is unique and I, is he unique um, or he's extreme, extremely rare because it looks like that Ricks that don't take the deal to join the multiverse are mm-hmm. exterminated. Yeah. Or or their families are murdered in such a way that it forces them to join. Um, But maybe Rick is the one that kind of like 
refused to submit and is like, well, now I'm going to take you all down. So like, it could be that evil Morty genuinely doesn't have any experience with a Rick that wanted to stay with his family and had this thrust, had his Rickness thrust upon him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other canon thing I want to tease about is like, I think the, th- the one remaining thing to know now is, is there anything special about this Smith family? Did Rick just randomly crash into a Smith house or did he select one? That's like, you know, was there some kind of care? Like, I, I, I think that that's something that I'm interested in knowing because you can make the arguments like, well, I, you know, any any fucking Smith family with a Morty in a summer is what I want to crash into. Or is there something special about this one? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know how long Rick spins chasing. Uh, what are we even going to call this guy? The, the guy, the Rick that killed his wife. Are we going to give him a name? Yeah, the Omega Rick. You know, if he's the Alpha Rick, and this sure. other guy's the he's the he's the least Rickest Rick or the shittiest Rick. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I was just wondering, like, is it possible he crashes into the same garage? I, I we don't know if Beth is killed in that explosion. Like, I would assume probably. It looked like it. Yeah, she's standing the same distance away as her mother, but yeah, it, yeah. And it, if I was wondering if he survived. might be crashing into the same garage. Like, literally, he. He disappeared, you know, off to hunt whoever he came back and uh, sat in the garage drinking for a long time, shoot Ricks as they come through. But then, like, how long did he do that? Did he do that for five years? Did he do yeah. that for 30 years? Um, if he comes back to the same garage at some point, is it a shock to maybe a Beth who survived that explosion? That's an know. interesting question, because I thought that would be if, if they ever do it that way, I think it'd be something like a bombshell kind of. But it probably would be. I'm trying to think that I feel like they just did that a little bit with bird person, like the shocking, the, the person that was supposed to be dead and they survived. Like, wouldn't it feel mm-hmm. a little bit of a retread if, um, you know, uh, the council of Ricks has got the Beth prime somewhere stashed away in cryo, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can see him doing it, but it seems a lot enough like the bird person thing that, uh, yeah, and what would that, I guess, yeah, you've already got Space Beth, regular Beth, you don't know which is the android and which, and now you've got Beth Prime, like that. And I, I don't mean, know it's they not, need it's it. not uninteresting, so. Yeah, but I don't know that it's any more interesting and that they actually need it, because this episode just kicks open the door to so many other possibilities, right? It's escaping the central finite curve. It, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I, I don't know how that can come back, but certainly, like, you've got a character who can traverse that barrier. Yeah. So, uh, and a character who might be wanting to seek revenge later, who knows? It's interesting because like we talked a lot about the Loki in the Loki, uh, our yeah. coverage of Loki that, um, Michael Waldron, the showrunner of that series that was one of the head writers of Rick and Morty for the last few seasons, like this Loki, this, the Marvel's going into the multiverse in a big way. Mm-hmm. And it's so ho- obviously heavily influenced by, um, his time on Rick and Morty. But I also couldn't help but notice or feel, and this is where, you know, maybe we can talk about the gap, but like, it felt like this episode is heavily influenced by last season of Loki. Like the idea that you've got this infinite curve that has been artificially constricted down to a single, like a, a, a narrow band for the good of the universe and to, and to preserve peace amongst these powerful narcissistic beings. Um, mm-hmm. 
I just wonder, like the the conspiracy theory, it's um makes me wonder, like, well, did they take an extra four or five weeks because they significantly rewrote the the finale after seeing or, or you know, <laughs> um, getting advanced copies of Loki or whatever? But that that can't have happened, right? I, I seriously doubt it. Um, it. You said something to me off air earlier about yeah. uh, this theory that you should probably go into now. Okay, so I I was looking into the public statements about the Rick and Morty writing team, and Harmon said uh, recently that they just finished writing season, or they finished writing season six some time ago, and the animators are halfway done animating it, and that they are a good way into writing season seven right now. So that makes me think that there's no way that theory can be true. Maybe that's a conversation we can have is like, if that's not true, then why the hell would, you know, adult swim comedy central, why would they push back their season for four weeks? Oh, if that's not true, why would you say it? (laughs) Like you've already got problems hitting the deadlines. You've got saying season six is in the bag and then (laughs) having to wait a year and a half or two and a half years for it is going to piss people off. Yeah, no, I I, I I guess I meant like if that's true, why is adults? Okay. Why did Adult Swim push it back for you know till now? Like why? I don't know. I I'm not familiar with Adult Swim's other uh, shows and what they might have mm-hmm. in the slate here and what they, it, you know, because I, I people have done crazier things for worse reasons, right? Uh, I remember when Fox just totally fucked Firefly, released yeah. episodes out of order. Like, can you imagine yeah. if they released episode 10 of this season before episode five? Like, right. right. Or it was episode five. It would it would make no sense. And then here we get episode nine as the finale mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've, I've seen worse things happen to shows um, that said, yeah, it was probably just an internal thing. Yeah, I wonder because like it looks like the Rick and Morty from a popularity standpoint peaked around season four at like, you know, two and a half million people watching it weekly and then dwindled by the end of season four to one point three million, which is exactly where it came back at season five, but Hmm. dropped to like a point eight share. Um, And I wonder if Comedy Central saw that and saw that, like, you know, the big complaints as well. There's no canon or blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you know what? We need to we need to generate a lot more. We need to market this fucking show. Well, we haven't had to market it for a while. It's been marketing stuff. We need to market this show. Shut it down. Put it out on Labor Day. Let's get uh, Christopher Lloyd in here to do some <laughs> live action Doc and Marty spots and and get the internet because that that shit all came out coordinated. Yeah. Um. I almost wonder if they're like, hey, we we've got these two episodes that are big canon episodes. They're gonna flip people's lids. Let's let's bring try to bring back the one point five two million people to give it another shot because you know a lot of people have uh, you know Rick and Morty. I still think it's good, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 the ratings not like the but the 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 critical ratings I think you know they still haven't dropped it's, uh, from the mid nineties you know um, Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic stuff like that. So like it's still a good show. It's just you know it's no longer new. It's not blowing people away because you know it's won Emmys. It's been recognized. It's a known quantity. So it's harder and harder to blow people's minds. This is one of those, and yeah. they're like, "Hey, fuck it, let's just shelve it and and try to build a big campaign around it." If so, it, I mean, maybe it works because the word of mouth out of this episode has been pretty incredible. Like universally sure. hailed as like this is good Rick and Morty even if you've been dissatisfied with the season so 
And that's the thing about this season. I feel like it's the first season that has been the, the people have actively disliked at least one episode. Like I didn't dislike all the same episodes as you know, the general uh, mm-hmm. fandom did, but there was at least one that I actively disliked. I just couldn't stand that episode. Um, that, that Voltron episode just, it, I did not think it was funny at all. Right. And I think that that has been true, not of the same episode, but of an episode at least of this entire season. Now, I don't know why people would write off an entire show because an episode is bad. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems like there's a certain portion of the fandom that just will. Uh, and maybe they just don't like more episodes. You know, if you dislike three episodes in a row or something. Yeah, maybe you jump, jump off that train. Yeah, I don't know how because like these, this is a bit of a bandwagon show uh, Mm -hmm. where it's like it did spread by word of mouth and you got to see this bro. You got to see this bro kind of phenomenon. And then people like usually when I see people discussing Rick and Morty in the broader culture used to be like an inside joke thing. Now it's a very like, oh, fucking Rick and Morty. Their fans are so toxic, which I find fucking really annoying. Uh, Most of the big places to discuss Rick and Morty nowadays are not. Like they've kind of like uh, much like uh, some properties like Warhammer to deal with problematic protagonists and stuff like you have at some point you got like, hey, do we want to cater to the fans that like unironically think space fascism is good or do we want to have the people that are like laughing and memifying and making fun of it? Do we want the Rick and Morty fans that think Rick is a hero and hate women and et cetera? Or do we want to cater to the people that like understand or and, and want to learn from and and I think most of the places uh, have, you know, the big public places, the subreddits and the wikis and things like that have, have made the decision. So, like, I feel like that's a tired complaint that the Rick, like, you know, we're away. We're a damn. F- we're we're quite a ways away from a bunch of nerds throwing fits at McDonald's for the Szechuan sauce. Right. Yeah. Like we're I think we can stop like beating that hobby horse. But, you know, that's that's going to be the perception for a long time to come. I just don't know. I, yeah, I'm I'm perplexed to as to why the show went from three million share to three point uh, to a point eight because it hasn't had a eighty percent or seventy five percent decline in, in quality at least from my perspective. Sure. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it also could be just be like you know people are watching this in a lot different ways. You know, mm-hmm. um, there there's a million different ways to watch it through like apps and adult swim website and yes piracy things like that i i, I don't know but could it uh, be that the the pendulum is attempting to swing back the other way with uh rick's health mental health um because like early on in this series i remember people talking about oh the show is so fucking dark the show is mm-hmm. so messed up the show is you know uh, it, it had this feeling of like every time Rick did something, it was nihilistic. It was uh, borderline evil and and completely fucked. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. kind of got off on that, just yeah. seeing how far down the hole he can go there. And he's starting to come back up, dig himself back out of that hole. I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. And yeah, it's necessarily going to change the tone of the show. And they've mm-hmm. tried to keep it similar. Um. And I don't think Rick has changed much, but he's definitely on an upward trajectory. I wonder if that's turning some people who really dug what the first season was doing off. It could be. It could be. I also think that like um, this is also just at its 
uh, at its core, a gross out transgressive show. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people, as it's gotten more so and gone from like, oh, exploding hobos at Christmas time to giant incest babies and slut dragons like that radical. I mean, you know, like it's like, uh, yeah, it's all Harmontown's all fun and well and good until Dan starts talking about masturbating with a mannequin leg. You know, like sometimes it gets a little too real for people like, oh, that's not funny or insightful. That's just fucking weird, dude. And that (laughs) I I don't know if like Rick and Morty's getting to that point where like Rob Schraub and and Justin and uh, and Dan's is like, you know, like, fuck it. Like, maybe it's time to maybe we've got too many people on the bandwagon. It's time for them to remember (laughs) who the fuck they're dealing with. I don't know. Like, like that stuff doesn't turn me off, but some some people I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we probably could have had a, a larger audience if we'd have, oh, <laughs> if yeah. over the years we'd have pitched more down the center of the plate rather than throwing some curveballs. But eh, at some point, you're like, fuck it. You know, how much how many people do you really need to listen to a podcast? I'm, you saying fuck it, it turned off like probably 10 percent of our audience uh, just a year ago. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um. <laughs> Can we talk? Okay, so before we talk about more of the, do we want to? I guess we should stay with the insane implications of this. Uh, do okay. we? I think I, I don't know. We might have gone our way to uh, covering it all. Uh, well, Rick, I have one more, okay. one more possible scenario here. I'm, I'm a little worried uh, that you know someone that seems facetiously labeled evil Morty has the potential to turn evil in the place where he's gone because he could, he's gone to a place where Rick is not the most intelligent being in the universe. And every single version of Rick that exists in this place is not the most intelligent being in the universe. There's a potential, I think for quote unquote evil Morty to try and take out some of his anger, some of his uh, resentment, against Rick on these inferior quote unquote inferior Ricks. So the potential for him to turn evil, even if all he wanted was to escape Rick in the first place is definitely there. I mean, that'd be a great commentary in the perpetuation of abuse and the cycle of it. The fact that like, you know, most abused people, well, I wouldn't say most, a lot of people that are abused have a high risk of turning into abusers themselves because it's all they know. You know, you think it'd make yeah. it make you sick at your stomach, but like, you know, it can turn you into a fucking narcissist or some of the borderline personality disorder. And it just or kind of fucked nihilist. Let's say, I nihilist, mean, look at the yeah. shit that Morty had to do to escape this central finite curve. Look at the carnage. Look at the number of Mortys that were murdered, manufactured and murdered uh, under his rule, his system here. Uh, all but you to can get see, him like, outside of it. The the fucking Matrix analogy of it, you know, this is this is a combination Morpheus and architect scene mm-hmm. is is hard to deny because just like Morpheus and Neo were perhaps content to separate a hundred, you know, like, you know, kill an infinite number of humans connected to the Matrix because they're not really human. They're not yeah. really like. You know, they are they're 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 the same minds are trying to free, but they're still in prison. They can turn into agents. They can betray you. They can do all these things. Um, you can see that Morty feels that way. And it did. But but it, it is wild because the carnage is cosmic in scope like it. Yeah, it, 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 it like breaks Morty at some point. And I, I thought like the 
you know, where it's 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 actually very funny, too, because Morty knows, like, OK, how do I get all the Ricks to do the wrong thing? I know I'll tell them it's kind of like uh, Scary Terry. You can run, but you can't hide like everyone stay where you are and don't leave. Oh, which right. is going to make all the Ricks be like, fuck it. We got to get out of here. <laughs> And then so they're all getting destroyed by their 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 portal guns. And then the smart Ricks are like, hey, I got the way out. We just it's Project Phoenix, which they've established. But then he's rerouted them all to this blender thing and turning all this tainted portal right fluid and their blood and gore <laughs> and focusing into literally like a like a laser of rage that he's breaking the universe with. Uh, it's pretty, pretty fucking epic. It's telling that in an episode or a season rather that they showed us literal hell. With with Hellraisers and and Cenobites and Pinheads, this is probably the most fucked up thing I've seen this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah, when they all start getting rerouted into the pods that have the Bassomatics in the bottom. Yeah, uh, and like you know, as, as Morty sees all this gore pumping through the system, he's just like, Jesus Christ! It's it's uh, it's it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. But uh, I mean, they've also. So we also talk about, you know, there, there's again, this is a meta a thing uh, where, you know, Morty is like, hey, we don't want to go like the whole th- the whole this whole thing has been about like, do we just go back to the way things are or do we do something different? Mm-hmm. And they keep pushing to the and And Rick finally relents is like, fine. Do you want to jump the shark and see my whole stupid crybaby backstory? Here you go. And he's got all these memories harvest from evil memory. And he lets uh, Morty and. Uh, in in the into it there's a couple questions there i think this is no more wiggle room this is canon like i don't think you can be like well it's a different version or a different dimension or he was lying to the federation guy and and it's also someone's gonna like i would like to know what the difference was between the real memory and the fake memory that allowed him to break out of the hologram in season three Mm -hmm. or the hollow or the the virtual mind white prison or whatever the hell uh Nathan Fillion had him in. I wonder if it's something like the garage door is a different color or the house roof line was, was a slightly different peak because like it's exactly, it went down exactly the way he said it did essentially. Yeah. Um, Seems like it. Yeah. But like, I don't think there's any wiggle room. We talked about this before about like, well, they could do it. If, if they like say this is a different dimension or this is true from a certain point of view, or this was all a dream, it really will jump to shark. Mm-hmm. And I felt I watched the after the episodes or the inside the episode and all the producers kind of like from Dan Harmon down kind of acknowledged that like this one of the reasons we've waited for so long to comment on this is because we really wanted to go back and look at all the evil Morty episodes and like all of the things we've left dangled to make sure all of the things are connected and all the eyes are dotted and all the T's are crossed. Yeah. I think they're committing that this is that this is this is real deal. This is not no fooling. And they did a great job with that. They did a better job than I'm sure I even understand with that. Because um, yeah. I have questions. I, I Even with the stuff they showed me that I think I should understand, I don't quite understand it. But also, I know there are a lot of references in here that they're making that I don't remember the exact moments um, mm-hmm. that they're talking about very well. Uh, the, the, probably the biggest question I have is when it comes to Rick um, creating the Citadel. So... They show this all in in his, you know, uh, mind blowers flashback thing here. Right. I don't understand. So Rogue Ricks used Mortys to hide themselves from the Citadel. That's established. We we remember that episode. They bring it up here. 
But then they make this logical leap where they say, and it worked so well that the Citadel became its own Morty market. I don't, I don't understand. Can you explain to me what the connection is there? Why did they turn it into a Morty market? They're not, the Citadel's not trying to hide from the Citadel. Are they mm, supplying it, Rick? Yeah, I think they're to, supplying. They're like an arms dealer to supplying everybody. Or the fact that like um, once it became known to rogue Ricks that you could shield yourself with Morty misery that the, the like used to you just you know, it's one Rick, one Morty. But if you're trying to amass an army for some reason, then you got to make more. And, and this is uh, like it's kind of like there's a lot of yada yada the matrix between like, Oh, you know, we scorched our skies and then they had fusion. And, but then also they had to turn us in the copper tops. There's not a lot of like, you know, from a to B to C there. It's just yeah. kind of like, I think there was a little bit of yada yadaing through. Well, Morty's became a commodity at some point, And okay. once they were commodified, then they all kind of like got reduced to instead of an infinite variety of Morty's, it's just this one particular perfected, idealized, subservient thing. Because like, oh, yeah. here's a question I've got. Genetic engineered Morty's fine. Extra dimensional Morty's fine. I don't see how these Ricks are literally have to be going back in time to be forcing the union of Jerry's and, and Beth's because there's a whole sequence of them kind of rigging the romance before they, then they go in and perfect it and just start cloning and flash wiping Morty's, you know, like how would they do that? Let me uh, offer a potential explanation is, I mean, in an infinite number of universes, which is contained in the central finite curve, would there not be an infinite number where, Jerry and Beth are not born like Jerry and Beth don't don't get together until later yeah. in the timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Or don't get together at all because there's like it's like, you know, even with a universe of infinite Beth's and Jerry's and Morty's and Summers, like the Ricks are too lazy to go search. Like, why would they when they can just make it happen through the yeah. sheer force of their will or through their scientific brilliance? Um, I think that's the explanation is it's not time travel. It's simply Jerry and Beth didn't get together until later in this timeline. I gotcha. Okay. Or maybe there's like, it was slop your control because like at some of the points I noticed there was a version of Morty who was a little girl. Exact same. Like yeah, summer was yeah. the same, but Morty was like a girl with pigtails and was wearing a little dress like a Jessica or like a Lisa Simpson, Jessica Simpson, <laughs> completely different type of dress there. A Lisa Simpson type <laughs> dress. Uh-huh. And I was wondering if they're trying to hint that, like, you know, there is a certain type of Morty that is the Mortiest Morty in the eyes of Rick, which is the most subservient, most forgiving. Mm-hmm. That's a great line, too, like that we're infinitely tied to this man uh, because of his narcissism and self-absorption and, and, and our forgiveness. Yeah. You know, like this is the chain that keeps the thing d- together. But <sighs> yeah, I don't know, because like the thing that the, the only fly in all this ointment is. The, of Rick's kind of redemption is the fact that he Cronenberg his whole family with the exception of Morty and didn't really give a shit. Yeah. So like, does he actually care about Beth? Is it only really Morty that he cares about? Or was Rick just in a much more nihilist position? Like he's done personal growth and cause none of the, I mean, the one thing I'm convinced is, is neither none of this family is not his original family at all. No, I don't it's just, think I, I don't know be. whether he, I don't know whether he handpicked them or whether he just went to the first one that had a, a, a Morty that, you know, and a Beth and all that stuff. But like at some point, 
but that's the thing is like I I don't know if it makes sense even in context with his like you know when Rick says hey yes this is all random and nothing's important but some things I just decide are important mm-hmm. and like it's weird that he would decide that about Birdman but not about his own daughter like okay well yeah these are all random but you're the one I've chosen to live with and try to make it with so like I'm not going to just abandon you every time I Cronenberg the world especially since that family is still alive and recognizably human and not Cronenberg that's like a weird I feel like plot hole but surely the writing room is aware of that kind of being weird and I wonder if they'll decide to address it we'll see man like I said the the possibilities are kind of endless Um, we've got we've got the golden portal now which I, I don't think has like any real significance the only thing i can tell about the golden portal is that maybe it delineates the central finite curve from outside of it from everything else yeah Um, like it's that's what the portal looks like when it's outside the curve yeah right either that or they want us to like or or that's just a result of the technology mixing the morty blood with the portal fluid uh just Mm -hmm. turns it yellow right either way Mm -hmm. i think what it's going to signify is this quote-unquote evil morty uh but the other thing is they kind of strand, I guess, Rick and Morty in Mortyburg. The, this, they separate the saucer section and they're now in Mortyburg or whatever because the portal gun's out of juice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of portal fluid. And, which and they is showed weird, all the juice. Like, can the Rick portal not fluid. make portal fluid? Like, it seemed like you have to go to the Citadel to get more, but I don't seemed know if that like tracks. It. It, Surely which, Rick can make more portal fluid, though, if he I has would, to do it from scratch. I don't think the Rickest Rick would give the Citadel any influence over his movement, right? And yeah. if they were the only source of portal fluid in the entire universe, that wouldn't track with the Rick I know. So I mean, maybe he picks it up because they make, make it in bulk and it's just easier than making it himself. himself. Cause it does seem like the portal gun technology is a real bitch to invent. Like it then took why a show long that time empty? for Rick to invent it. Like that, that's my question. Why show if it's it's empty if they're not going to actually say, "Hey, this is a problem for these." Well, it might characters. maybe um, it is weird too because like we've been speculating all year about like, oh, the no portal gun, no portal gun, no portal gun, and now like I think canonically there's no portal gun. I, I don't I think, think it's so. forever, but it might be kind of yeah, like yeah. Um, in the Spider-Man comics. Uh, you know, Peter Parker has um, technological web spinners. They're a mm-hmm. device that he's built because he's a genius. Um, and almost 99% of the time, you never think about him having web fluid and carrying spares and changing. But once right. in a while, in a real bitch of a battle or because he hasn't had time to go home, the plot is he's out of web fluid. And what does he do without it? I wonder if there's going to be a little mini arc in next season where Rick, he's got like the city of orphan Mortys and no, po- no portal juice. And he has to go around like reinventing portal juice for the first time or rebuilding it from scratch or something. Um, yeah, there could be a real sort of comeuppance uh, in that scenario, right? Yeah. <laughs> like if he has yeah. to, yeah, if he has to admit some of his flaws. It's amazing how well some of this stuff works, like how operatic it is. Like it mm-hmm. was a genuine moment where like Morty left and they ramped up the, like the epic version of the evil Morty. Hell song yeah. and he's like shooting the gap and it's like because we just watched 2001 last week and he's 2001-ing uh-huh. you know the gate <laughs> while like Rick and is needing Morty to save the rest of the Mortys do you think there's anything interesting um, in the fact that like there's essentially now an infinity's worth of Mortys that are spare and are there any Ricks at all because 
the previous Citadel War had to be extremely destructive to Ricks. Well, I guess not, because you always have an infinite supply of these fuckers. Yeah, that's unless. But did he destroy the central finite curve, which is essentially all of the Ricks? Because you saw those like that chain of infinity, which I think represented the. In- and when Morty got to the other side, they all burst. So, like, I feel like all the Mortys are free now. And what the hell does that mean? I don't know. I feel like that that was just signifying that he's outside of the central finite curve, right? That in oh, the so place it wasn't literally at, all of the Ricks being destroyed. It was just the I, Ricks I at the Citadel. Yeah, I don't think so because the central finite curve still includes our Rick and Morty. Okay, so I mean, if you kill an infinity of Ricks in the central finite curve, you <laughs> right. still have an infinity of Ricks left. Yes, that's so. The <laughs> but will they get like dumber and dumber? Because like you know, like simple Rick, uh, they they imply that he's dumber than the other Ricks, but he's still the smartest man in his universe. Yes. So are we going to get some real fucking lowest common denominator Ricks now? <laughs> I mean, there's, like, it, it is there a Cronenberg Rick at this point? Didn't he? I don't would know. Would he have Cronenberged himself in that universe? Uh, well, was he it went just to that universe because he was Cronenberg and he went to that one because like the other one had, you know, he, he turned his world into an earth or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But it'd be inter- if, interesting of next year that like if simple Rick is now the new baseline smartest Rick and like everyone else is dumber than him. You got some real fucking Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal like level mm-hmm. Ricks, but they're still the smartest. I, I, what does that even look like? It's kind of like what they did a riff on where the copies of the copy of the copy. They're like building, you know, the professor from Gilligan's Island version of clones where they're made out of coconut husks and yeah. shit. Like what what is a Cro-Magnon version of Rick? What's his technology look like, you know? It could cast into pretty stark relief uh, some of the patterns that Rick's been in, right? Like if you see a super intelligent Rick examining the actions of far less intelligent Ricks, but they're doing the same thing he would do. They're just yeah. like maybe not as cool about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, you could really <laughs> hammer that point home. I also think it's an interesting concept that like Rick's the smartest man in his universe but does that exempt guys like uh, Stephen Colbert? Because he is in an artificial universe that Rick himself created. Mm. Is that exempt? Like inside is that that's inside. So like it's, is it possible that these pocket universes could create a being more intelligent or as intelligent as Rick? Oh boy. It's gonna, is his creation going to get away from him? I really want to see the return of that guy, you know, yeah. like that, that was one of uh, other than evil Morty. Who that I mean, like I said, I we talked about this in the beginning, but um, just how fucking next level Bond villain they've turned this Rick and this this Morty into and how he's recognizably a Morty with the Archies and Mm -hmm. but he's just I don't know, there's something about him and they lampshade it where he's like Rick, uh, you know, he shoots him. He's like, why did you shoot me? You knew I was shielded. He's like, I was just showing I was just disagreeing with what you're saying. He's like, yeah, the time for good dialogue is over. Now it's the time for me to do the thing I like he with the <laughs> right. finite curve thingy. Like he, yeah, he's had this this amazing Bond level dialogue, and they just fucking stop in that scene. It's pretty great. <laughs> it was that was a good gag. Uh, you know what I'm not sure is a good gag because I honestly don't know the Samurai Jack stuff, um, which is obviously what the title is based on here, and the intro I think is based on. I've never seen Samurai Jack. How how good of a play on Samurai Jack is the intro to this thing? 
It's not really like I feel like it's it's loosely connected in that like they're like so Samurai Jack is actually an American anime by mm-hmm. that uh, Gennady uh, Tartakovsky guy who did uh, the Clone Wars. He did that. It's a oh, primal okay. that I really liked a couple of years ago about the speaking of Cro-Magnon men that teams up with the T-Rex to get the to get revenge. He's got this like very distinctive kind of like squared off fingers and everything's angular mm-hmm. Uh, very fluid and simple and 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 almost characterize it uh, like a like a a caricature of the characters. Um, but it, nah, this is more of like Sam. You know, this is more of like a, a Sailor Moon kind of like trash mm-hmm. level, like like that kind of a- anime, like bubblegum anime, which I enjoy because I've uh, me and Cecily been watching Sailor Moon Crystal uh, Crystal Silver Crystal Chronicles or whatever the newest version is, and B stars and shit like that lately. That is this kind of like, you know, and and the, (laughs) the, uh, the intro was just chef's kiss. I, I loved it a lot. It was, it was pretty good. I did love that they replaced the usual Rick and Morty intro with one that had the Rick and Morty song, right? It's just like a weird version of it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But there's something, I don't know. There's something about the, the evil Morty dialogue. I just loved it. How, that you felt like you were like, like he was one step ahead of Rick. And there's also like, was it, is it this show? What, what show have we been talking about? The Marvel's use of the editorials notes. We'll have like a yellow box. We'll like see issue five thirty three of the amazing Spider-Man editor um, that they had like a Rick Lee, a Rick Stan Lee pop up and be like Excelsior, true believers. See Rick and Morty. <laughs> right. episodes. I thought that stuff was so fucking cool. Um, yeah, might've been, I don't think they coverage. It might have been. I, I don't think they they need it in this show, but it was a nice little nod to like, uh, I don't know, like the, the comic book uh, kind of uh, sprawling narrative version of because that's another comic yeah. books is another excellent model for Rick and Morty, where it's like not every issue of the comic book is a an, an installment of a larger arc. In fact, no. they're all kind of like mini arcs and every once in a while you'll get something that like will introduce a new character or change a relationship or someone will get married or someone will get paralyzed or some shit like that. But mostly it's just random weekly adventures. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that's something that like Dan's particularly kind of yearns for. He's like tired of all the slavishly serialized shit that we're going through right now. Um, but yeah, the whole like, yeah, you're all caught up. Um, speaking of that scene, I have no idea what power or ability Rick manifested when he brought big boy out, which looked like a, some kind of stitched together Cronenberg version of himself. And how it's a metaphor for capitalism. I dude, I don't know. Is this, is this bullshit? Like, is it just Rick saying a thing that is not true? I don't know. Cause it's weird. Cause like the behind the scene episode, they're all talking about, that this was a commentary about essentially zoomers and millennials going into the chip, the, the, you know, the, the whirring wood chipper that is late stage capitalism. If you subscribe to that, that worldview and, and then and the fucking billionaire of evil Morty blasting off into space, uh, on a rocket ship built by the misery of millions of Mortys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that his like individual liberation doesn't mean jack shit against all of the unified misery. Um, and that like, hinting towards a future that where like if the two if like older generations and younger generations can work together rather than opposing which is kind of how this stuff is framed mm-hmm. you know like all oh, the boomers got theirs and they they got this fuck it got mine mentality like if you can just get them to care 
and and uh, uh, work together, you could solve something. I, I don't know. I thought that was. I, I didn't see like that until they started talking about it. I didn't see the, the, the politics behind it, to be honest. I thought the other yeah. episode where they had the, you know, Morty town adventures of the cop and the, the rise of evil Morty president. I thought that yeah, stuff was Tales more. From the Citadel. Yeah, that was a much more on the surface, a commentary about civilization where this just felt like a really good Professor Moriarty, you know, Spectre, James Bond kind of like ultimate reveal betrayal thing. But as far as like what that fucking mutant thing was, it was getting gold energy as Rick was and then he saved it all up. And I, I don't know. It was just fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, it felt a little bit like the Hellraiser thing that they did where, you know, he mm. turns pain from pleasure back into pain yeah and then stores yeah. it and then shoots it at people yeah uh there are there are morty chuds which i thought was kind of interesting i don't know um there was definitely part of that capitalism stuff with the underclass uh it, it, yeah but they're living underground and they definitely are like chuds right but not horses yeah i call I, in my i i call them morty locks uh for like the morlocks okay. and Eloy yeah. from the time travelers but but yeah yeah like this uh exploited class that you know president morty needed to, to blast off and to, to to escape the system uh and just a couple of other random things the music in this show is always very good and you know this uh rendition here they do on the evil morty theme at the end is absolutely great i also really love the flashback to rick's um past music there's like Mm -hmm, a very mm -hmm. stranger things tron blade runner feel to the whole thing was that chaos Uh, chaos again i felt like maybe i thought i recognized that them but i i was going to look it up and i forgot if so i need to just like buy one of their albums and check it out because yeah that stuff is really good Mm mm-hmm and then we didn't talk about uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole, which is another interesting bit of this episode. Mr. Poopy Butthole, that was quite the. You know, I, I've seen like Rick and Morty challenge their audience before, like, you know, when mm-hmm. uh, the, the Mr. Poopy Butthole's come on, it's like, hey, you know, maybe you should go to college and finish your degree or do something besides wait around for the next. But this, um, I don't know. It's. Uh, it's something that probably everyone needs to hear. And the trick is implementing it. Like all the stuff that he says is just so fucking right on and amazing. And I think at the distillation of the things that like Dan Harmon and the people who worked on Harmontown have kind of gone through in therapy that, uh, you know, the reason things sometimes go good in relationships at the beginning is because you are being, you know, you're, you're in tune, you know, you're going through things together. And then like, there's maybe a certain point where you're drinking too much or you're having problems at work and you don't want the other person to know about it because they think you're perfect. And mm-hmm. that, that line about, uh, you know, we just dig our, you know, have you ever thought about how horrified the people around us would be if they really knew who we truly were? So we just dig ourselves deeper into our lives every day, hurting the only people brave enough to love us. I wish I was brave enough to love them back. <laughs> we don't have as much time as you think. Ooh, yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Mr. Poopy Butthole. No, it's not. It's not funny. It's definitely not funny. Uh, I, I was looking at this post credit stinger thinking, hmm. OK, the voice is funny, but nothing he's saying is funny at all. This is some 
real some real shit. It's true. I, f- I feel like that everyone has probably felt like this at some time if you're over the age of like, I don't know, 15. Yeah. Um, it's a universal human experience. Which should tell you like it's it's weird. It's like if it's a universal human experience, it shouldn't have the power that it does because the power right. is you're alone. You alone are bad and wretched and everyone else has got their shit together and doing the right thing all the time. And it's just you fucking up. <laughs> I feel but like we, this is where the millennials are starting to to figure shit out. Right. Like they're starting yes. to realize that, oh, no, it's not just me feeling down in the dumps right now. I'm not the one who's had a bad streak of luck and yeah. is responding poorly to it. It's fucking everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like millennials, and, and- Gen Z, everybody is like the younger people are starting to realize this. And I feel like that's going to be healthier, a, a lot healthier long term. Yeah, I feel like sometimes we're in a race between long term, like this enlightenment that you're talking about, like these younger people figuring it out and like getting therapy and like a return of reactionary, like this shit's yeah. making a soy boy weak. Mom, you, 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 you. it's like, you know, <laughs> that feels like, like the last gasp of a dying ideology. To me. <laughs> I hope. But it, I, I yeah, hope. that's my hope. I hope. But uh, gee whiz. Ooh, we as Mr. Poopy <laughs> Bowl would say. It's an awful lot out there right now. Yeah, I'm feeling uh, particularly optimistic today. Other days, I'd probably say, yeah, no, this uh, this enlightenment shit is about to hit a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. But um, I guess the, thing, the one thing we didn't really talk about is Rick and Two Crows. Like, there's this whole, like, five-minute segment segment of this thing that, like, is completely superseded that would probably be a popular meme in its own right. Like, you got Crow Horse. Like, hey, I've given you free will, and it goes off, submit to Crow Horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that stuff was good. Uh, the His, you know, uh, he's an anti-hero, run. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's only one man, but with the power of a thousand crows. Like, all that stuff is a little bit of commentary also on um, some of the, like, the boys and invincible shit that people have been getting up to, the deconstruction. It's just, you know, like, seems like uh, right now the thing to do if you're deconstructing is to try to one-up people with impressive shows of pointless senseless violence yeah um and rick and morty have kind of like been a trailblazer to that like you wonder if the boys gets made if if this you know kind of the gonzo success of the gore and all that stuff on rick and morty hadn't hit with people um but them exploring that i thought was really funny um and yeah so a 40 year old rick and morty shows up orders a rum and coke and the bartender essentially says he's a a 20 he's a 20 year old poser this is among my drinks of choice, and once again, this sh- I feel attacked by this show. What? Uh-huh. What? R- rum and Coke? Like what? That's that's a gr- that's like a that's like a lightweight drink now. What the? F- it's it's a it's not a refined drink. I think is what they're saying. I right? get it, like, Harmon. You drink ice and straight up vodka. That's that's because you, you just need to, to go right to work. But like, I'm sorry. Well, I need what a is the flavor of Coke in there? What is the flavor of a rum and Coke? It's just sweet. Right. It's like drinking Mountain Dew. The the only flavor guess, you're uh, ingesting is sweet. And if yeah. that's what you're in it for. Uh, yeah, that seems like a pretty unrefined palate. But damn, I, don't know. I damn, also get it for my co-host too. Jesus. I was going to say, I also just like a good jacket Coke, which is just the palate of sweet. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Know. It's like I'm, I am a 40 year old in my 40s. So like I, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they're just taking well-aimed shots and I don't like it. But which uh, means you've already sold out and given up. You know, yeah. 26. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, I also thought it was interesting that truthful element that like Rick wasn't back because he missed Morty. He was back because the crows dumped him. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting in context of like how many times has Rick been the one that someone has stepped out on and is having an affair and that uh, that's like, it doesn't seem like it's new or that seems like it's new experiences for him. Um, And I thought that's like that, that set up perfectly that moment later in the episode because like you know and then rick comes home and his mom's like you know things should be different now and he should take you seriously all that stuff and morty's just like nope nope i'm i'm uh i I, i'm i'm desperate i'm desperate i'll do whatever it takes to get him back and get him to stay um which kind of shows some development from beth because that's how beth reacted towards rick three seasons ago Mm -hmm. it is interesting because like i don't think that they can come back next year and just pull the same shit they've been pulling right Like they yeah. have to, there has to be. And again, we talked about this, like there's peaks and valleys, to self-improvement and recovery and personal growth. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that Rick is going to be a perfect individual, but like they have to acknowledge that this season happened. And the only thing I get, I, I think is different is that like Morty has got more empathy to Rick and more insight into his condition. But I don't think Rick really has any insight into Morty. Like, the whole thing with the crows was him considering their things from their point of view. That's yeah. how he was learned empathy. Whereas he refuses to do that for his child or his grandchildren. So I guess Morty might be more sympathetic and empathetic, but that was never Morty's problem. So maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe mean, I Rick will be as bad as he ever was next season. Well, I I think probably being trapped inside a spaceship that is a flying city of Morty's might help uh, push Rick in the direction of empathizing with Morty a bit. Oof, I don't know because these, uh, these or you could just Morty get pissed off. These, yeah, like like uh, yeah. I also wonder because this is another long thing that we've been uh, considering. Like, what does it mean to be the Mortyus Morty? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if they'll say anything about that. Like. I feel like Morty can't be the Mortyest of Morty. It's got to be our Morty, right? Yeah. What does that look like? Oh, one other question I had. Um, whereas Summer was, she only had like one appearance these last two episodes, which is interesting since they've really upped her importance. She was completely left out of like the core relationship and, and canon episodes in a way that she hasn't. Like she was right there with Morty and, the escape from the Citadel and or the escape from the Federation and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What was her deal about voting? Like she said, uh, I can, he still be 40 cause I want him to be able to get me my friends, Molly or whatever it was. And they looked at her and she goes, um, you know, I, I, I don't care. I, I don't care about not voting. I I'd rather don't throw care away about- my vote than support a broken system or something like that. What does it have to do with the Molly? I, I only I don't think it has anything to do with the Molly specifically. I think it's like dissenting from what her parents are wanting in that moment. I it may I, 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 I thought it was she's saying something political. I didn't know that she was mm-hmm. eighteen and could like I yeah or is it like something about a felony quantity of Molly? But yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. Yeah, um, I was. That's the one thing that this, I was I was confused. So sometimes add, they they make a little bit of a leap in their. Uh, you know, fast and furious joke telling. 
uh, I guess you got to sometimes when mm-hmm. you're got a show with this many multiverses. You know, I think we should see what the fans have to say in the mailbag. Yeah. But first, let's take a quick break. All right, we're back. Rick and Morty at BallMove.com is how to get feedback. I doubt that we have another episode. No. Um, unless something just truly crazy were to happen, like a stealth 11th episode. Like a live action episode that everybody is like a li- yeah, hoping if they for. Did, if, if they did, uh, I don't think we're, I think that was just a marketing attempt. Probably that's what they threw together in the last four weeks. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, can we get uh, this guy to... Uh, can we get Doc, the actual Doc, and someone that looks kind of like a Marty? And, um, but yeah, and, unless the, like a fifteen-minute short comes out like that, I, I I don't imagine we'll come back. But mm-hmm. uh, Rick and Morty at BallMove.com is is how you get into our feedback. And a couple fans took us up on it in the last few weeks. Let's see what they're having to say. Alvin says, "I love you guys, and thanks for giving me a Rick and Morty outlet without having to join a fan group. They're a bit much for me. See, see, even <laughs> even on this podcast, uh, the slander against the Rick and Morty fan base continues unabated. <laughs> They've got a rep. But anyway, do you think the Rick and Morty is just a manifestation of Harmon and/or Royland's own journey? The family's been to therapy, and for me, it really clicked on Pro Mortius that therapy is working. He's trying to be a better man after therapy. Do you think that's how this is playing out?" Oh, I kept yeah. on thinking this as I was watching this episode, like, man, we should, you know, we've had a couple sponsors. One of them is BetterHelp online therapy. Uh, I felt like we should have done a better job of tying this in because like this is the one show that's like not not about therapy. In fact, it's about For like sure. this, you know, like even skeptics uh, dealing with it. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess if any of that, uh, that Morty, that that the poopy butthole shit connected, maybe BetterHelp.com slash pickle. <laughs> Uh, no, you're 100 percent right. It it is yeah. almost certainly a good chunk of definitely Dan. I don't know much about Justin, um, but definitely Dan's journey. I I feel it. Yeah, uh, 100 percent. Like this is this is essentially Harmontown from three or four years ago. A lot of the stuff was probably things that Dan, you know, because he started getting therapy in the waning stages of his relationship with his wife. And in their divorce and it kept, you know, it's kept that uh, individual and couples counseling with his new relationship. It seems like it's going a lot better for him. But like, yeah, I think these are things like, you know, we still love each other, but we're too toxic. We got to split ways like I'm too I'm I'm not healed enough to be in a relationship, but I'm healthy enough to know that this is not a good one to be in. I'm going to go do the two crows thing. Like a lot of that stuff, um, a lot of the stuff the evil Morty says, I think, are probably things that, you know, he's been told in the clinical because uh, like, uh, you know, like when he's talking about genius, like broadly speaking, I think that's all Dan talking about himself, mm-hmm. um, which sounds fucking narcissistic as hell. But like mm-hmm. people have called him a genius ever since, you know, the community days. So um, he thinks a lot about himself. Uh I don't think he thinks he's the smartest man in the universe, but maybe the smartest man in, in Hollywood. But uh, OK, yeah, or at least used to. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating because I wish he kept on doing Harmon because I felt like he got <laughs> reasonably healthy. And then it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired. I'm 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 fucking with my life. To keep him doing his podcast with these young kids. And I'm going to move in this Malibu mansion. And how the hell will they relate to me? It's I better bail now. But um, I mean, happy, happy, successful people are not funny. We all know that. You can't you you have to be a certain amount of dysfunctional in order to be funny, right? I wonder. I, I wonder. mean, I'm, I'm joking, but also I know, but a lot of people think that and <laughs> I, I don't know that. Do, yeah, 
I don't know them. I don't, I don't know how Harmon feels about that. I think that's something he was worried about. Like, geez, what happens if I get healthy yeah. and happy? And then, you know, what, what, what material you got to work with, you know, Hey, I've woke up today with really good self-esteem, super relatable. Like, yeah, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin continues We're five seasons in as I write this. So what's your Rick and Morty code similar to the wire? Um, uh, so that's like, uh, you know, which season do you like best? Yeah, uh, I'm with you on five episodes. Three through five were, uh, were OK uh, this season. As I wait for the finale is pretty good to me. My Rick and Morty code unless the season five finale is just some trash is four, three, five, two, one. Wow. Uh, four is up there. Wow. Honestly, one is the last damn. Yeah, I think. Boy, maybe. Ooh, I'm looking through some of the title names here. It might be like two, one, three, four, five. Yeah, but the, I I feel like I'm definitely two one because I think mm-hmm. two. It's not that they're funnier, but they build on the things in one in very satisfying ways. I kind of feel like one through three are almost or one through four, one through three for sure, and one uh-huh. through four is about even in quality. I mean, you could say one is better than the other. Some has the benefit of having more context and canon than others. And five is the first noticeable one. It's like on average, these aren't as as good as the previous season. But I still think we only had one or two bad episodes, three or four good ones, two or three great ones. And then, you know, I think these last two episodes have been as good as anything Rick and Morty has ever done. Yeah. Now I will say going two one three here is weird because three has what's probably my favorite episode, Tales from the Citadel. But overall, I don't know. Maybe it's two three one four five. Hmm. Two's really good. It's yeah, I don't know. But one is uh one is the just the original. I know? know it's got classics like the Mesix episode and, and the Mesix is like one of my all-time favorite episode. And- Although I think we'll get uh, someone will uh, ask us this. In fact, let's go ahead and get in that. So Gianna wanted to know, hey, my roommate Sabrina and I are longtime friends of Rick and Morty and pickle me this. Well, so you can learn a lot about a person from their all-time favorite episode, the Rick and Morty. So we're wondering after watching all five seasons, what is your number one favorite Rick and Morty episode? <laughs> does does Tales from the Citadel probably being my favorite mean that I'm one of those fucking fans who only likes continuity? <laughs> only likes continuity, and I guess I I might be on the extreme other end because my two fa- I can't I don't know if I can narrow it down to one, but Interdimensional Cable Two and oh. the Mesix episode. I knew Mesix would be in there. Yeah. And and it's largely on the strength of the Jan Michael Vincent <laughs> okay. six like that's like I fucking love that I also mm-hmm. love the I think the framing device for interdimensional cable two yes Jerry's penis hospital adventure is better than the first one mm-hmm. uh, it's got the personal space one I I I fucking love the IDC two uh, and me six me six was the first <laughs> I like the first episode or two but the me six one is the one where I'm like oh this is fucking brilliant this show's going places yeah I think me six is a good representation of what the show was trying to do in season one I will say I probably like anatomy park the best out of season one I, th- there are a lot of good ones in season one mm-hmm. but I really do love Anatomy Park 
they had something. Uh, Alvin also says one more. Uh, go back to Alvin. Rather, I forgot. There's a other paragraph. One more while he's there. I love Archer as much as Rick and Morty, but when I rewatch, I don't mm. ever go past season five. If Rick and Morty mm. presumably pulls off the full 10 seasons, do you think there'll ever be a point, a cutoff point where the show becomes so different that what it was that you can't look at it anymore? Um, so I don't know because Archer had the whole where it literally became a different show. Like you got tired of writing spy. Right parodies so it's like they just came up with the device that allowed them to do all these different genres and things i don't feel like rick and morty would ever be similarly limited because they can just kind of just do whatever the fuck every rick and morty episode is like a holodeck episode of star trek anything can happen um but i i don't know like i like doing a doing a complete series rewatch of rick and morty on the one hand i don't know that people would be like i i kind of the way i do rick and morty when i'm feel like watching Rick and Morty is I just kind of jukebox it. Like I go on gotcha. to, you know, my, I think it's Hulu is what I watch this on. Usually I've been watching it on Amazon because we, we paid for the season, mm-hmm. but like just go and like, Oh, what I, I want to watch the me six one or click through, click through. Oh, the, um, the, the, uh, show me what you got episode. I remember liking that and the songs and you just, you just kind of like kind of work your way through. Oh yeah. The Citadel episodes. I don't know if anyone watches like a full series, but on the other hand, it's pretty effortless to do so. The episodes are like 20 minutes long. It's pretty snappy. I don't know. I was trying to think of shows that I might have done this with that I they changed and I just can't really go back and watch a certain era of them. X-Files is like that when Mulder left. Yeah. Um, I'm same way. Like the season after the movie, I, after, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, X-Files doesn't exist to me past like season seven. Right. But I'm having a a hard time thinking of other shows like that. I mean, things definitely like I think later seasons of Star Trek, the next generation, like you start getting deep into season six and seven. There's like noticeably more silly episodes or filler episodes, filler episodes, mm. filler episodes. But there's also some of my favorites. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the nice thing about the episodic stuff is you don't have to watch every fucking thing. You can just watch your favorites and who cares? Right. I think there are shows that you look back on them and you see, oh, my God, this show evolved a ton. Like when I look oh, yeah. at early, very early episodes of Always Sunny, they oh, do not God. resemble the modern Always Sunny in basically any way. Uh, but it was such a gradual transformation that I didn't really notice. But now going back, I almost would have to skip the early seasons because they're not what I think of as Always Sunny. Yeah, I noticed that on a rewatch of Parks and Rec, too. Like, the first season of Parks and Rec is kind of borderline unwatchable, and it doesn't really get going until late huh. in season two, early season three, where they start, you know, think things start start really clicking. Um, they're even changing, like, big parts of the cast and stuff. So, yeah, definitely. I wonder if that's just definitely. a common, uh, you know, sitcom thing where they find their, their stride, because Seinfeld has a little bit of a problem with that, too. Yeah, I also like I started watching um, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm in reverse order and I got to where like I couldn't go further back than season seven because it was just like so I felt like it was devolving, you know, <laughs> it was getting kind of worse and worse and the you know camera quality was bad. Uh, yeah, just and plus they just because they took off so many years between like there's a big gap. It's like there's like yeah. this 10 year revert. Yeah, it fucking threw me. So I, I definitely see what you're saying. I don't know if Rick and Morty will be like that. Um this I will say that like this does feel like a a halfway point, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like 
to, to uh, maybe even maybe it feels like more of like a two third point. I'm I'm interested to see how they keep this interesting for five more seasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's move on to Zach. So we talked about this uh, connection with Loki, and this uh, email explores that in a lot more depth. Because what a season finale. They did the thing. We thought they were never going to do it, but they did. Take that, Dan Harmon, from three years ago. I was thinking that Rick and Morty, or as a, that the Rick and Morty veteran who went on to showrun for Loki, talking about uh, Michael uh, Waldron, and the Rick and Morty crew for season five must have been talking. Is it just me, or are the parallels between the Loki finale and the Rick and Morty finale too glaring to ignore? You have a Wizard of Oz-esque man behind the curtain reveal of a nearly omniscient character who has been pulling the strings from behind the face of a giant and all-powerful organization that claims to run the world from the shadows. You have Citadel and Evil Morty uh, and the TVA and Kang. Uh, you have a misfit duo coming together to focus on the more pressing issue, the collapse of the time stream. An anti-hero making a choice to go rogue at the last minute and tear down the constructs of a perceived artificial order through the multiverse. You have a cliffhanger ending that confirms the final events will redefine how we understand the rules of the cinematic world that it's contained in. Turning expectations on their head by doing the thing when all signs pointed to them never doing it or at least saving it for a large standalone event, such as a a movie or a discussion of a Rick and Morty movie about evil Morty. I I never got that meta discussion. A movie? No. Yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why you can't do a Rick and Morty movie. It's just that uh, I that that seemed like it was just yeah, it had to be unfounded speculation. Uh, overall themes about overcoming toxic relationship dynamics and personal growth and complicated interpersonal dynamics and how one's choices ripple affect the events surrounding them. You know, all the Marvel projects post Endgame have had a lot to do with like trauma, abuse, mm-hmm. uh, survivor's guilt, like hell. Endgame had a thera- group therapy scene in it. Uh, Captain America, or what is it? Falcon and the Winter Soldier had a individual therapy session, couples therapy session between Bucky and uh, Falcon. Um, and I got to think that Rick and Morty... Rick's story. In the- 100%. 100%. Um, Loki, as we already talked about, is... Um, I, I do feel like the Rick and Morty has been very influential because I don't think that especially in pop culture type context i've seen this much talk about personal growth and stuff before you know Mm, yeah uh like the idea of superheroes doing therapy there's no fucking way and i you know rick and morty has to be somewhat responsible for that uh you have the mystery introduction of a mystery concept for future releases to explore such as marvel's multiverse or evil mary evil morty's yellow teleport gun uh, I hope there are other people pointing this out, but if not, what did you guys think? Are there any more that I missed? I think you nailed it. And I got like, as I was watching it, I couldn't help but re- be reminded about all the talk we had about Michael Waldron taking the writer's Bible from Rick and Morty and just injecting it into the Marvel. And it appears that some of that got cross pollinated back or maybe Rick and Morty is just that much ahead of the curve. Well, I was going to say, yeah, Mike, Mike Waldron, um, you know, was a producer on the show until 2020. So I'm sure there were a lot of conversations. If, if you know, we're to believe that season six is already written and they're working on season seven, then there were probably a lot of like overlaps for the airing of season four and the writing of season five. Um, to, to where he might have participated in some of those discussions, if not outright. I don't think he actually wrote any of them, uh, the episodes, because he'd be credited as a writer or really produced yeah, any of them because sure. he would be credited. For but sure. 
uh, there, there was probably a lot of those meta discussions going on at the time uh, when he was still there. So, yeah, yeah totally. I, I presume these people are still friends mm-hmm. and that they talk about their big projects. And um, but but yeah, I mean, I, just, I don't know. I just feel like. Uh, there's just a lot of creativity, um, underrated amount of creativity in the Rick and uh, Morty's writer's room and the fact that they can genuate or they can genuate. They can generate this much emotion from this stupid, stu- deeply stupid show. Mm-hmm. You know, they can they can have the like incest babies and they can have all the 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 garbage goobers and all that stuff. And it doesn't yeah. diminish the uh, the ability to have a Mr. Poopy butthole rip out the heart of a generation of Amer- you know people around the world. Um, I think it's kind of in, kind of incredible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Rick and Morty season five. Uh, anything else to say about this or should we shut the book? Yeah, I think that's it. If what they're saying about it's true, I don't know that. I wonder if the plan is with these 10 episode seasons, if they'll try to do two a year. Like, can we expect Rick and Morty to maybe come back in the spring or is it going to be a permanent summer slot? Uh, I do think I it would no be smart. Idea. To get more Rick and Morty faster, um, because I think a lot of what is hurting Rick and Morty's audience and viewership is people just losing interest over the long breaks. Yeah, and also and the pressure to make it worth the yes, fact that it's been gone for a year and a half or whatever. Specifically, that they come back to a less than stellar episode and they're like, "This is not what I waited a year and a half for. I'm done. I can't yeah. handle this." And if they're getting like two seasons ahead in the writing, that's uh, that's great because it lets them, you know, really. Because like I, I don't think you need that kind of headroom or that that kind of uh, that kind of runway, I should say, for like the monsters of the week and the interdimensional cables and stuff like that. Which, god damn it, god fucking damn, right. it, we still haven't got interdimensional cable. But like for this 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 lore stuff, like I'm glad they spent a lot of time. It's you know getting getting back to the evil Morty and having side things with like cyborg Beth and stuff because I pretty highly you know I remember uh, when we had the story conductor, the story train, like how people said, oh look at this epic canon and like you know like what if we just well, we'd be happy just to get that like just straight up, but like that's such a more stupid version of what we actually got. Yeah, you know, like just oh, a literal evil Morty, a dark emperor Morty, you know, that's that's corrupted Mister Poopy Butthole and all. Like that's such a stupid, more stupid version than what we actually got. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they're taking their time and like it sounds like they really did sweat the details. Like everything had to pay off. Um, and uh, I think it worked. Like I said, yeah, great Rick and Morty. So I'm hyped for season six. I have no idea when it'll be back. Um, uh, like I said, I I would like to care- cover this as long as we have the time and. As long as it doesn't stack up on top of like Lord of the Rings and uh, the Fire and Blood pro or the House of the Dragon project and Expanse and Foundation season two and For All Mankind season three and all the other shit that I want to <laughs> cover too. Uh, but Rick and Morty has a special place in my heart, and uh, as long as they're making it and it's good, I would like to keep covering it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sad it's over, but I, I got nothing else to say. So uh, we will leave it at that. We'll see you back in the next season. If you would like to get more bald move in your life, we're currently uh, doing uh, we're t- currently doing the last season, final season, The Walking Dead. We're about to start up speaking of science fiction with mm-hmm. like some real crazy mind blowing implications. We're about to start Foundation, a yeah. new series on Apple TV Plus that we're really excited about starring uh, Jared Harris and Lee Pace. Um, if you haven't seen the trailers, you should check it out. It's pretty amazing. 
The boys should be coming out pretty soon. Uh, the expansion should be coming back uh, fourth quarter this year. Lots yeah. of great Bald Move stuff. We usually do a movie every week. Uh, yeah, check us out at baldmove.com. Uh, subscribe to us on Pulp or, Pre- or Prestige, whichever for your, your personal tastes are, and uh, keep the good times going. But if not, we'll see you back in Season 6. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later, everybody. Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at patreon.com baldmove to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at baldmove. See you next time.